0: hey y'all welcome to couture conversations podcast i'm your host olivia steele I saw this hilarious video on social media of a girl who looked to be on her way to college and she said, I can't believe in four years I'll have my dream job. And the other woman in the next scene goes, Ooh, should we tell her? And I could not stop laughing. It made me think, wow. I was so hopeful like that as well at one point, thinking I'd have my dream job at the ripe age of 21. And I knew I wasn't alone, so I promptly sent this video to my close girlfriends who came back laughing as well. The reality is it's rare to find or even create a dream job so young with such limited experience. It's not impossible, but it's certainly rare. The way of you have to work for it will never go away, in in my opinion, and it translates to most everything in life. But as I grew my own career, I started asking myself one particular question. Is what I'm doing sustainable? If not, what needs to change? As I sat there, busting out a good belly laugh at that image and the mentality of that hopeful 18-year-old I thought at the time I realized my own limiting expectations of what building a career could be. So for some context for this story, I am the youngest of five kids, and the four before me are all wildly successful, y'all, but they're also significantly older. I was a total surprise, not planned. (laughs) However, having siblings who were in their dream jobs was inspiring, but also, like, how the heck do I get there? So at the time I was working for a small fashion house and loving what I was doing, but I had to pick up a second job, which placed me working seven days a week, working my full-time fashion job and also bartending to afford to live. One of the biggest assumptions in the fashion industry, especially in the luxury world, is that you're rolling in it. (laughs) The items sold are expensive, so it does make sense that that assumption would be made, but it couldn't be farther than the truth. The reality is it does take a good bit of time to get out of the cycle of living day-to-day financially when doing things on your own. And some of the best jobs are in cities that are the most expensive, like New York City, Los Angeles, Paris, Milan. Most of these sexy jobs pay terribly, (laughs) But we do them because they are indeed fabulous. So I recall being on a job interview before I graduated college, and the recruiter asked me if I had financial support from my family. And I said, "Um, no, that's why I'm getting a job to get paid. She said, oh, well, then you'll be like me and work a couple of extra jobs then. So back to my story. On this glorious day of realization, one of my older brothers, Travis, was visiting me. And I took him to uh, the fashion house, the fashion house offices I was working at at the time, to show him where I worked. He was blown away by how cool the the behind-the-scenes of a fashion house looked. And in all honesty, it really did look very beautiful in many, many ways. As we were out to lunch, he told me he was so proud of me but he asked, why with this job did I also want to bartend? <laughs> I laughed, and I'm still laughing now about that question. And simply, I told him, I don't want to bartend, Trav. I do it so I, so I don't have to survive on only wine and popcorn. He looked at me so confused, and y'all rightfully so. I remember I was in this beautiful designer dress, Jimmy Choo strappy sandals, which, side note, I definitely still have, and a Prada bag. I proceeded to tell him that I made more money bartending, you know, two to three nights a week than I did at my full-time job I went to college for. He was shocked. How on earth can this girl look this way and need to have two jobs? So I explained myself. The shoes were purchased for a photo shoot and my boss kindly let me keep them because they were in my size and the dress was a vendor sample. And I did buy the bag because simply I wanted to fit in. And he said he did understand the pressures of wanting to fit in with your environment and in the luxury business, yowza. It's intimidating to be in a room filled with so much beauty. So then he asked me, question, is working six to seven days a week without breaks sustainable for me to just break even? I said no, but it allows me to work at the job I want and to afford myself. He said what shocked him the most was to learn how little I made living in New York City working for a luxury retailer. And like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, the hard truth is Unless you're in a more senior-level role in the retail industry, you're not making an affordable salary to survive on that alone in many, many cases. And in perfect form and timing, Travis then asked me what my plan was. (laughs) I said I'm lucky to have a job in the area I wanted and needed to work up the ranks. Well, y'all, if anyone has ever met my brother Travis... That was not the right answer. (laughs) He is an entrepreneur. He launched his first company at 26. He looked at me and said, verbatim, fuck that, sis. You need clarity on what the next stage is because otherwise, what are you doing? No sister of mine is going to be working up the ranks. She takes what she wants and that only comes with clarity and then a plan of action. (laughs) My brothers are intense, to say the least. (laughs) So, you know, I do recall going over to friends' houses and the conversations at their home were so chill. When mine, intense debates are very common and expected. It's probably why I remain calm in stressful situations in most cases. But they surely want everyone around them to level up. And that is exactly what Travis was getting at that day. But the thing that forever stayed with me was the question Travis asked me, is what I'm doing sustainable? And if it isn't, what could I change to make it so? But first, what do I need clarity on to even put together and implement a plan of action? When I started Conversation Couture, that question was on my mind across the board. Hearing my brother's voice in my head to build something sustainable, get clarity when I needed to, and simply go and run with it. It's wild because when I'm working with clients, this question is one that's brought up in almost every interaction. One of the first questions they typically ask me is what I'd change about their website. And while we do look at that in full detail the first thing to look at is what are you currently doing that's sustainable to your goal and what is not? Then how can we create ways to make it so? By asking what needs to change before understanding what is even sustainable is putting the cart before the horse. If a company has a set way of training their employees That means as their online sales presence grows, that brand will remain consistent. And regardless of who the customer is working with, they will get a similar customer experience that can be emulated on a website to drive more sales in a sustainable trajectory. I say this because it's very easy to put a customer off online, and it's too easy for them to leave. I mean, think about it. In person, if your store is a standalone, That visit was intentional for the most part. They either drove, walked, or biked to your store. But online, it was just a click to select and a click to exit. Basically, you have 12 to 15 seconds to impress. And if you don't, it's so easy for them to leave. A few questions I ask my clients when we start to gain some clarity on where to even begin are, first, what is it that makes your brand unique? The second, how do you want your customers to feel when they enter your website? And third, when working with customers, why do they choose you over your competitors? Those three questions are where you need to begin before jumping into changing anything. Once things are clear, only then a plan of action can actually occur to thinking about what should change on a website to drive sales. So, to the 18-year-old who thinks she will have her dream job in four years, I really hope you're rare and land it, but even if you do, y'all, should we tell her? (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it was short and sweet, but next week my team is in Las Vegas at the Smart Retail Technology Exposition. And the podcast that will be released is my speech that I will be doing at this exposition. I'll drop a few links in the write-up about it. Myself and my team, we are so excited to be part of this Smart Retail Technology Expo, uh, September 1st and 2nd. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, even though it was very short, and I will see y'all next week. Cheers.